realized every word I spoke is in our practice, either in sitting quiet or in um, uh, movement uh, this after afternoon. Oh yeah, and then there were the were the um, interviews too. So that will be short, I assure you. And it is, um, I found it rather interesting, just an affirmation or confirmation um, or um, about the beautiful um, value uh, and um, of uh, of of mindfulness that is affirmed and uh, um, uh, affirmed, bestätigt, or I don't know. Sometimes the right words I cannot find. Yeah, that is affirmed in different places, uh, in, in, in Buddha's uh, sutras. You know that he gave 17,500 sutras or discourses, and not to count all his small, small ones. Uh, which happened when he just uh, uh, met somebody and uh, would give the Dharma in in a shortcut. That's what all he did for 45 years, just expounding uh, the Dharma, the teaching, and they are based on four foundations of mindfulness, that's all. And it is um, uh, always is, is, uh, so potent, <coughs> first of all, and so universal in its practice and in its effects, and that it, uh, and it is the door, the Buddha calls it only the only door to wake up. To truth, to, to the laws of nature by which we are governed. In other words, to the truth of our lives. It changes our view, our wrong view, our misunderstanding of ourselves, of our lives. Because of that, we have all the dukkha going on, all the problems, everything we feel and perceive as dissatisfying, as hardship, as fear and anxiety and so on, is arising from this misunderstanding of our lives. Isn't that enormous? And it has survived itself for 2,500 years. They were transporting themselves at that time with ox guards, and now we are having super jets and, uh, and are living modern time and fast time, high-tech time, with lots of cash flow. And we can still use it for um, bringing us... Uh, 
you know, helping us out as modern people. We are all marked by and governed by stress and high kind of fast living, stressful. And uh, it has the power to this ancient teaching to reduce that and to bring us into a balance and into a normality, so-called, initially. But ultimately, it will satisfy us totally if we are able to follow the practice um, sincerely, diligently, and dedicatedly. It has the, the, uh, we will have the chance also to awake to our Buddhahood. That means we have then mastered our lives and have um, have come to a cessation in with uh, our suffering or dukkha. We should never forget, or it's very helpful when we understand it on a very open and wide scale. Our doubt is enormously lifted by that. And um, also this um, kind of um, uncertainty and bewilderedness. Where am I right now? What am I doing? Why am I the way I am right right now reacting to the world in this um, high, maybe uh, uh, exciting, stressful way. So this, uh, what I have here, is um, telling us from the scriptures and from words of the Buddha, Mm-hmm. which you can find in his discourses. I have a book of his discourses. It's called The Middle Lens Discourses. You have it probably too, Shanti. And there you can, um, if you go through some, you get the words of the Buddha, uh, by which he is kind of... Um, stating the enormous power of mindfulness and what it, that it can lift us out of ignorance to wisdom. And um, I think, um, would you like to hear that? Yeah, if not, I, I don't, don't give you anything else either. Mm-hmm. We had quite a wonderful day. We, what we have so far practiced is uh, lasting for quite a few years to master that a little bit. So relax and uh, be patient and above all grateful for such a beautiful practice we have that is so clear. And it's clear because we can um, we are in the center of our lives with this practice. We're not on a spiritual path 
behind the moon or so. We don't need to go anywhere. We are in the center of our lives when, as with our spiritual practice, because the practice, the application, the practice of mindfulness, the um, engagement of mindfulness here is uh, directed only to one in into one direction. It's directed to this what sits here, to my body, to my mind, to the level of emotions, and for the thought that what uh, the mind um, thinks. And that is yet now when you are on the Dharma uh, pass, or that is. Uh, when you are now in our, your practice, that is, um, these mental contents, they are then actually Dharma topics. We take care, we en- engage ourselves in our speech and our communication, in our activities, um, how to undo. Uh, in this question, we engage ourselves, how to reduce my suffering, how to come to clear understanding is what I am here. And so that is, so our speech, our thoughts, um, change from distractedness, from uh, moving out into, uh, away from us, with our desires and wants and not wants, um, it becomes now um, uh, the, the center of our lives. This, we, we, we talk and our mental contents, um, uh, our mind, uh, mind's contents, they move now in the theme of Dharma, how, how my practice is, um, uh, how I uh, uh, experience the delight or the <coughs> of these insights which I attain through applying mindfulness and through investigating this living process. I am insights. I wake up to a little bit more understanding and to a little bit more understanding. That was the case in my interview this afternoon. We talked about, I don't know what it was, wasn't it doubt and, uh, and anxiety? And um, we treated it and looked at it um, in connection with our work, uh, with our practice, with our Dharma. And whatever we do in our right Dharma that is reducing that stress or that what we have taken into our view, the anxiety or the fear. And for us right now, that would be uh, our emotions, which we get to know quite well, whilst we are having body as a base for attention. We have a kind of quietness in the mind, have it weaned away from the compulsion to think and move out in planning and in expecting and in um, 
know, attaining and so on. Hmm? We now, uh, ha- and from all disturbances, we now have created a calmness holding the mind on the level of body sensations, a certain freedom. And that what arises there as disturbances and as distractions and as um, irrelevant thinkings um, that is um, subsiding, that is uh, healing. It is um, no longer disturbing, and it, that way we attain a certain, not just a calmness, but a certain purity in the mind that is now witnessing, loses more and more what is um, um, Yeah, all those attributes which contribute to um, the unclear and uh, um, um, mindfulness or disturbing. Um, yeah. So now I want to go here and want to tell you and communicate with uh, these um, uh, to you to these uh, statements and have a little reflection here, hearing again about this beautiful, this major position, or this position of mindfulness in our practice. Let me see where I can start here. So, um, as for me, me just looked uh, to mindfulness again. Mindfulness of the uh, of the body. And first, we rec- rec- man can recognize it as one practice on deeper deeper level. It is really the foundation for the practice. Our best friend on another level, actually, um, for integrating our uh, integrating this practice, this spiritual practice into life, day-to-day life. And here, for that, the Buddha himself says. There is one thing that, when cultivated and regularly practiced, leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, and it leads to mindfulness, and it leads to clear comprehension. I tried a little bit this afternoon to actualize this, to um, develop mindfulness from simple mindfulness just to our steps and or just realizing uh, as a soul attention object 
the body sensations as elements and then we, I added the sound and we added the motion to it and now our attention became, had to be wider and more comprehensive and we were able to really see all three not at the same time, you know, but you were that spacious at times I, as far as what I could perceive from our interaction we were that spacious that we allowed um, to notice that what was in that moment arising not only one thing but all these different experiences was the experience of heart, of hearing the sound. And then there was the experience of touch with the feet on the floor. Then there was the experience of touch again, which came from sensing the aliveness. And um, it was also the aliveness and recognizing, cognizing, the elements. There was for, um, very clearly for some the experience also of the mind was that it had a greater purity and clarity and freedom from hostility and from ill will and from all so many afflictions. That is what is meant pure. It's freedom from these things. So, so the Buddha says here, <clears throat> um, there is one thing that when cultivated and regularly practiced, we understand that, leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace, to mindfulness, and clear comprehension. And that you can at, apply into not just here, uh, we can apply it really to our lives. And that is actually the real last intention to the, for the Buddha's, for the Buddha's uh, teaching, or for, for having given us the teaching, to relieve and bring us in freedom from all, uh, um, from all dukkha in our day-to-day life. That's, all, that's where the dukkha is. So it leads to it leads to clear yeah to clear comprehension to mindfulness and to peace it goes and to more it leads to vision and knowledge to clear direct vision to see things in the way they are it leads ultimately to a happy life here and now and it leads, at the end, the culmination of wisdom. Wisdom is when you have clearly seen what this life is about, by what are we living, who is our guideline when we are living under the rule of the conditioned life. It's dukkha. So, and wisdom, wisdom and awakening. And what is this one thing? 
So you remember, maybe that was a long sentence. There is one thing that when cultivated and regularly practiced leads to deep spiritual intention, to peace and mindfulness, to clear comprehension. That thing, when it is clearly comprehended, clearly cultivated, it leads to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now. That one thing, when cultivated, leads to culmination of wisdom and awakening. And that is nowhere else than where we are living, right here. And what is this one thing? It's mindfulness, the answer. And um, mindfulness centered in, in the body. Now we may even understand better, I don't know whether I mentioned, that, um, that, that the Buddha hesitated to teach after he felt he was, had broken in through his uh, uh, ignorance and awoken to wisdom and, uh, yeah, to wisdom. He didn't, uh, he, he hesitated, didn't want actually, I cannot teach this to people. Did he say to his close disciples, that was Ananda, and it was also, um, well that is a legend, uh, that comes another time, <laughs> but it leads, um, so um, he encouraged him, this uh, Ananda saying, um, but, O oh Lord, um, so the Buddha's first said, because there is too much, much dust on the eyes of people. That means so many layers of conditioning that he knows he cannot break through. It is too, too, too simple. Also, don't forget it was in India that, uh, where he started, and there was a very strong spiritual uh, system had this caste system and a very kind of pantheon system and very established. And um, so that was difficult. Uh, he saw that it will be difficult to, because of that alone, uh, to teach. But mainly because he felt it was too simple. <clears throat> But then, then Ananda encouraged him, said, not all have dust on their eyes and uh, have uh, ability to see and there is willingness to practice and so on. So elsewhere the Buddha says here, if the body is not cultivated, the mind cannot be cultivated. If the body is cultivated, then the mind can be cultivated. <laughs> that means really known and, and penetrated. That's what we do. Through constant uh, um, attending to this body, we come to uh, already to a little bit more of ease. We cultivate the mind to more understanding, to insight, and it, it, it becomes more awake here. It's cultivating. So, um, cultivating the mind. There is uh, no, and also, 
because we learn it uh, whilst being here, more quiet and what arises here, what is unwholesome gets absorbed and healed, what is hurting gets absorbed and healed through, through encountering that what arises as unwholesomeness on all levels, emotional level, mental level, thought level. There is a shelf after shelf in Western books on Buddhism which makes work virtually no mention of the body actually. Uh, and in that way given, giving extra actually a very uh, inadequate and false impression that Buddhism is an intellectual or mentally orientated tradition. It is not at all. Um, a co- in contrast to this impression, uh, we can understand Buddhist practice, especially the practice of mindfulness, to be nothing else than an infi- invitation to experience our lives, our bodies, and to embody every experience. That means experiences have something to do with consciousness. Embody it. Live, uh, live it here. Um, that means the mind is uh, uh, invited to be here and doesn't live outside of the body. It's an invitation to live in harmony, in union with body, with mind, with body, body and mind and breath, and heals. So, four foundations of mindfulness puts it in a different way. To experience the breath in the breath, to experience the body in the body, to experience the feelings in the feeling, and the mind in the mind. Just a different way of expressing it. So he taught that for the purpose of awakening and spiritual freedom, everything that we need to realize and everything that we need to awaken is nowhere else to be found except within our lives. So there is a very classic description of that is found within our body, actually, <clears throat> With, without rejection. Um, the notion of an uh, objective world, the Buddha focused so much on the, ba- on the role of the senses and uh, perception. So he's, it is said, we can't really read it, without rejecting the role of the senses, with aha here. So he repeated this again and again. Um, Within this very fasum long body, with its perception, can you follow that? What is perception? Is what we always perceive through our senses. And in a sense lies the world within here the cause of the world, or 
the cause, the cause of the world, the cessation of the world, and the path that leads to the cessation of the world. He speaks actually about the Eightfold Path. Within this very fasum long body, now we, I repeat it, we have to um, replace for world suffering, actually, or dukkha. Within this very fasum long body, with its perception and with its inner sense, uh, sense uh, yeah, senses, lies the world, lies the dukkha, lies our conditioned life. The cause of the suffering is here be found. The cessation, the cessation of the suffering and the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. That is actually uh, described in that way the Four Noble Truths, which he gives as a teaching. The first truth points to this dukkha, to this conditioned life we lead, in ignorance, and not misunderstanding. The second noble truth is pointing to the cause of that. It is called noble truth. It's a noble truth of the cause of suffering. It's because we can experience it. That's why it is noble. And the third one is a noble truth of the cessation. That is the third um, noble truth, the noble truth of the cessation of suffering, of our conditioning, of an end of that. Now, if he would stop here, then many uh, philosophers, greatest Western philosophers, have talked a lot about our condition. I think of Nietzsche, of Kup, Schopenhauer, of Descartes, and others. But it doesn't, uh, hasn't affected us. Why? Because there is no solution given. In the fourth noble truth, there is the solution. It's saying, it is the path leading to the cessation. Practice of mindfulness, the virtues, um, uh, uh, um, the cultivation of, uh, of uh, the virtuous life, and uh, uh, the... Um, cultivation of insight and wisdom. The more uh, uh, we settle into the body, the more sensitive we become and uh, uh, to more even uh, more to greater sensitive sensitivity to more subtler motions and movements, away from that center due to ever subtler attachments and aversions of the mind. Well, that is a very beautiful sense, but we have to comprehend that again. The more I settle into the body, follow that. I settle and develop more awareness. 
the more sensitive we become, or I become, to more or more developed, to more, even more subtler movements in myself, away from that center due to ever subtler attachments and aversions of the mind. So it's a funny sentence, isn't it? Um, the more sensitive I become to even subtler movements away from that center due to ever subtler attachments, diversions of the mind. Gradually, uh, one learns that mindfulness of the body is one of the best windows one has to look into one's inner life. Mindfulness of the body can also in greatly facilitate our capacity for being present, for painful experiences, for overwhelming experiences, for powerful negative emotions, and it can also facilitate the capacity to helping recognizing the body as a container for this, all this, for these emotions. So in order to work with emotions and to purify the mind from them, we have to stay there where we are living this present mo- in this present moment. We cannot, for the healing takes place by meeting them with mindfulness. And we cannot meet our emotions yesterday and experience their, the power of uh, mindfulness, the, uh, uh, um, in its healing power. So um, we cannot experience the subsiding of that, what is here functioning as a strong emotion and should heal if we rely on any other time. It is only possible in this very moment. Buddhist, uh, Buddhist, uh, you know, actually Buddha's teaching is a psychology. It's not really a regular religion. It works with the cultivation of the mind. There is no higher uh, entity there, no Godhead, no divinity we, to which we um, um, have, uh, um, which we need to worship and which we need to pray for to help us along. So, Buddhist psychology, the Buddhist teaching, we can say, claims that emotions are always embodied embodied in the body, and so can be felt in the body. Well, I, we have touched that already. And uh, I think um, those who are working with uh, uh, consciousness uh, of other people, as um, uh, counselors and psychologists and so on, uh, will um, have a great help in this in this teaching for their healing and their dealing with the problems of patients. 
Sometimes fear involves a tightening in the stomach, anger, a heated face, joy or tingling and warmth in the chest, restlessness that moves through the nervous system. It is and to different parts of the body. So we can actually know where else meet our our emotions than here in this body. So by by focusing on the bodily sensations produced by these emotions, now it becomes clearer and becomes easier to remain present for them and allow mindfulness to reveal their deeper nature. Those who are practiced a long time have now a wonderful, you know, clear uh, uh, confirmation for for this. <clears throat> they have good effect and power in healing and uh, bringing order into the mind <clears throat> through mindfulness. Many, much of Western cultures view the body as an object to the to be manipulated uh, as body consciousness has come to refer to the external image that is not only project that we not only project but also create with the help of other things like um, fashion and advertising and industries and so on yes going to the gym form body. So by contrast to this, keeping the body as an object there and um, um, kind of um, uh, manipulated it according to our ideals and images. And by contrast and mindfulness practice, we are developing a form, of body consciousness that involves kind of a subjective awareness of the body from the inside out. Subjective, that means you're not separated, you, the object and the subject are meeting and, uh, and uh, in that encounter, mindfulness with emotions, with body sensations, and uh, so it's subjective. There is no, no separation. Um, object, uh, body is not an object there, and I make myself the subject to it. This inner subjective world is the real source of vitality. Objectifying the body is actually a, a disconnecting. I so, when we become aware of how we actually experience a body from the inside, now we are working very hard on that, as you know, we begin to learn that the body awareness itself is that the body itself is actually awareness. 
a process rather than a thing. The Buddhist literature even distinguishes a variety of different bodies. They talk of energy body, of bliss body, of transformation body, a diamond body, and and a karmic body, and the awareness body. So it is possible for the meditator to experience all these different bodies, often as a flow, and mainly, mostly, as a flow of energy, or as a field of energy. Actually, what we already going through and have already had touch with it. Now, within the Theravadan tradition, that means that is a branch of Buddhist, uh, Buddhists, uh, Buddhism uh, that uh, has um, hold is following most strictly the original Buddhist teaching. It has proliferated as Buddhism moved into different countries and has uh, dealt with different cultures. So there are things added and uh, maybe more worship came in and more um, movement and um, um, other rituals. But in one, but it has not in any way, a kind of um, um, injured the originality of the teaching. They are, wherever Buddhism is taught, somehow they all lean back to body uh, um, being the base for mindfulness, for the four foundations of mindfulness. <clears throat> Mindfulness of the body is the foundation of the practice for them to values. I already said that. And now the time the, here just to see the different um, some little difference in the orig, in the original teaching of the Buddha that went to another country. The tantrics there is a is tantric song or verse saying, here in this body are the sacred rivers. You see, the more prolifically expressed the importance um, of, um, of the practice. Here in the bo- this body are the importance of the body as being the base. Here in the body, in this body are the sacred rivers. Here are the sun and moon, as well as all the pilgrim places. Didn't I say today somewhere we are the, the we are children of the earth? Here it is somehow in a different way expressed. I have not encountered, it says in this tradition, an another temple as blissful as my own body. That comes from the Japanese. Uh, um, do you recognize that? It isn't taught in the Japanese, but it is there, you know. The, uh, to be found, the practice of mindfulness to body in the, what they call the Shobogenzo. I was searching and searching and searching. 
when I tra- came for my training from Burma and I didn't find any Vipassana retreats um, in, in Los Angeles. So I went to Zen and it was so abstract for me because uh, there weren't very few instructions and it was always this koan practice and I think the koan practice is very mental but is also of course probably related to the body if you do that right but it is wished away a little bit and so also in the in, in the original teachings of Vipassana or um, mindfulness training, there is also a little bit wished away. Um, but in, in the Zen Buddhism, they had really done, forgotten about the four foundations of mindfulness. They were, te- were teaching them here and there in, by noticing your breathing and so on. But the real so kind of uh, formal training uh, is not present there. Uh, it's starting now. You have a big job to do, uh, Doshin, to bring it to them. Mm-hmm. So, so here the Master Dogen says, um, wrote, Mindfulness of the body is the body's mindfulness. It's embodiment. And and, uh, in the end, the central position of the body in Buddhist practice does not mean we need to willfully direct our attention toward the body as if awareness and the body were two separate things. That's why we say, that's um, don't be in in battle with your practice. Calm and uh, non-reactive in the space of your friendliness and compassion. Do you uh, um, witness that what is arising here and what is the object we have um, um, for our attention? So again, mindfulness of the body is instead not an invitation for us to open to the awareness which is already present in the body. You see, it is present, it lives there. What we have to observe before we come to mindfulness and before we take up the practice the beginning and end of practice is awakening of what is already there. Within this fathom-long body, with all its um, perception, and um, what else is it? With all its... um, with all its uh, senses, and perception, with its perception and its senses, there isn't any more the body and the senses and the power, the capacity to perceive. Lies the world, lies our lives, the cause of the suffering, this world of suffering, 
lies the cessation of the world, of the suffering, and the path leading to the cessation of the world. To means our condition. So that was the last, and it was in, in, in um, response to seeing that we um, that mindfulness of the body uh, is um, an invitation for us to open to the awareness which is already present in the body. So if you keep that, if nothing else, that can very much um, soothe you and be helpful at times when you begin, especially when you begin to doubt or when it is difficult and you feel like maybe it isn't your thing. So my friends, I had trouble to get through. I had no time to look before into it. I fell asleep actually. My room is 85 degree and I had no way of, uh, of, of uh, getting rid 82 or 4. <laughs> and, and I opened the windows and outside is also warm. So it, it, it takes time to reduce it and I pushed these buttons there and it didn't react. Of course not, because I think it takes much more time. So um, I uh, um, did very stümperhaft present that to you, but maybe you could capture something. It's nice to hear this. It it did um, entrust me to do that. I I was I remember when I put it so together. I took out. Um, some lines and so on, wrote it down. Um, it, it, it was of interest to see um, all these quotes, and um, we we can one can understand it. What is said, one can again affirm it, because we have one has the practice. Huh? So when you hear in this fathom long body with its sense, uh, senses and perception, there lies the world. Well, where else? Hmm? The world is that life we live without enlightenment. In this fathom long body, there lies the cause of the world, the cause of our conditioning. Fasten long, that must be the kind of me- system for measuring. Hmm? Within this fathom long body, with its senses and perception, lies the world. Um, lies the cessation of the world. That means we can find uh, the freedom from our suffering here. It lies in here, the cessation. Why? Because the elements by which, and uh, um, yeah, the elements by which we are coming to the cessation, which we need, the practice, or the tools which we need, lies in this fast and long body. 
We don't need to go anywhere. Isn't it enlightening? It's, just, it's really beautiful. And such an ancient sentence, you know. <clears throat> and um, it was in this far, now we away, lies the world, the cause of the world, the, and the cessation of the world. Yeah. And the last one is, lies the path to the cessation. That is the, our practice, which we, which is talked about it in the Eightfold Path. So, any question? Yeah? You said the body is actually awareness. Yeah. Well, the, it's uh, yeah. It is alive. It's consciousness there, and every consciousness has a knowing faculty. And now comes the con- another type of consciousness, the mental consciousness, which is attention, and meets it. And these then can melt, because they are both the same. But we have to... So what it is saying, I think, is uh, it's nothing strange here. We, we, everything is in here. We just have to find it, to discover that. Hmm? You don't experience the body. The body, as sensations we experience. And they are tactile consciousness. I mean, not alone, but they are uh, the, the real life is man is consciousness and mixed with 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 life force that comes with the oxygen. This is uh, that is all you. It's all here, and it hinges on our uh, ability to meet all that, and then. There is that mind in that mental consciousness, attention, which looks, watches, and begins, uh, since it becomes clearer and, and more ca- capable of seeing what really is, is not disturbed, has no interpretation, has no re- resistance, nothing, is just seeing. And that is the mind also in mental consciousness that can understand. You see? And then you know what you are seeing. It's wonderful. So, now let's walk, yeah? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.